Coming up on this week's show, we talk to debut author Julian Winters about his new book, Running with Lions. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knaus. Welcome to episode 139 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And I'm Will from willknaus.com. This week's episode is brought to you in part by listeners just like you. We will have more information on how you can help support this show in just a few moments. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to another brand new episode. Uh, Welcome back. Uh, And greetings to the month of June. It is officially Pride Month 2018. Yes, it is. Uh, Online and uh, on the interwebs, I've already seen some of our friends out and about celebrating Pride this past weekend. I hope everyone had a lovely time, and we hope everyone is uh, choosing to celebrate Pride in whichever way you feel most comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's to uh, the coming weekends. Uh, we got a whole lot more pride to celebrate. It's all Indeed about <laughs> pride and being thankful for what we have, although that's more like Thanksgiving. And well, so- I think it works for Pride Month, too, because we're, <laughs> we're certainly thankful for the strides that we make towards equality and trying to keep the visibility for equality up. And rainbows. It's celebrating rainbows. It does celebrate rainbows. <laughs> and unicorns. <laughs> Indeed. In fact, if you've seen the Target Pride collection this year, there is some pretty righteous unicorn apparel out there to be had so yeah pretty good stuff we'll be celebrating next weekend at uh, sacramento pride which is sunday june 10th if you happen to be at pride try to come by the queer sacramento authors to say hello and we might even be doing some facebook live uh, while we're there next weekend so keep an eye on our facebook page for that uh it was a good writing week this week i am now unbroken 21 days doing at least one writing sprint per day and I'm, I'm very happy about that. That's kind of my new goal uh, for sure until I get this winger book done to be unbroken on writing. Um, did about 10,500 words last week. And I did all, nearly 40,000 words in May, which was almost a little NaNoWriMo thing going on there. So very happy about that. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Also, we have some more congratulations to offer. We've got some winners to talk about. Congratulations to Dee, Teresa, Danielle, and Christina. They won the Audible books in our Finn Sterling giveaway. That was back in episode 136. And also, congratulations to Lisa, Heather, and Rhonda. They won ebooks from Hans Hershey. He came uh, and talked to us in episode 137. Yes. And we have another giveaway this week. We're going to do this one a little different, so pay attention to this. Uh, I'm going to personally gift someone a copy of Running With Lions uh, from Julian Winters. Uh, I'm going to gift it through Amazon, so this is good for folks who uh, read on the Kindle. Uh, Really easy to enter this. Send an email to giveaway at biggayfictionpodcast.com with the word lions in the subject line. All of those that come in over the next week, I will magically draw one through a random number generator, and that person will get a copy, an ebook from Amazon of Running with Lions. I will review this book later, but I am, I'm so jazzed by this book that I really have to give one away. So that's how you do it. By Sunday, June 10th at 1159 Pacific, just send an email to giveaway at biggayfictionpodcast.com with the subject word lions, and you will be in the running for that ebook. 
the Codename Winger Series celebrates Pride Month with a limited-time sale. Throughout the month of June, the first book, Tracker Hacker, is just 99 cents at all online retailers. It's the perfect chance to begin the adventures of Theo Reese, high school student, hockey player, computer genius, and covert agent who goes by the codename Winger. The second thrilling installment, Schooled, is also available and, coming this fall, Audio Assault continues Theo's high-tech missions. Love Bites Reviews says Jeff Adams has a brilliant writing style for YA that draws you in. Add the codename Winger series to your Pride Month reading list before the sales ends on June 30th. Get more information at codenamewinger.com. Well, not only have you been busy writing, you've also been busy reading. I have. Tell, tell us about the books that you have currently consumed. Well, the weird thing about this week's books is that they're actually books from the past a little bit. Uh, I realized this week... As books I, from the past. <laughs> I realized this week as I was putting together my blog post about what I'd read in May uh-huh. that I never talked on the show about Lightning Struck Heart by T.J. Klune. <gasps> I know, right? <laughs> I think I, I think I ended up and skipped it because the week that I finished it was the week we had the second part of our Light Times Festival of books. We were busy doing stuff. And then it just, yeah. I moved on to other books. So as I've, you know, I, I'm a big fan of TJ's and this was my first time to get into the Lightning Struck series. Um, I just adored it. He, I don't know that he can write a book that I don't like. Uh, and, you know, as I keep going through his catalog, we'll figure that out. Uh, just quickly on Lightning Struck Heart. This book's been out for a while, and I suspect a lot of people who are listening to us have probably read it. But this is the story of Sam, who's a wizard apprentice, Gary, who's a unicorn with no horn, which is sad, but uh, he's still all sparkly, uh, Tiggy the Giant, and Ryan, who is the guard commander. Um, Sam, uh, poor guy, he's so pursued by these dark wizards because he he killed a big bad dark wizard at one point. Um... He's he's becoming, he will be the the wizard to the next king, and that is lining up to be Ryan's fiance, who's the current prince. Uh, unfortunately, Sam and Ryan also have thing for each other, and most importantly for Sam, Ryan happens to be the cornerstone of his magic, uh, which is important for a wizard to have. You need that cornerstone so you don't kind of kind of go insane with your magic. Uh, it all bundles up. They, these guys have such amazing adventures. They get into so much trouble, and they have all this humor getting their way back out of it again. Uh, they end up meet dragons and go on these quests. It appealed to every bit of of my teenage geek who played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the 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 tension between Sam and Ryan as they try to. They have a relationship, but they can't have it because Ryan is engaged to the prince. But they both still feel this pull to each other. It's it's just amazing. And I'm definitely going to pick up the other books in this series. Uh, but yeah, Lightning Struck Heart, TJ Klune, loved it to pieces. I'm sure all of you have read it, and I'm just late to the table and to the party with it. But yeah, big thumbs up on that one. Cool. Uh, to So to summarize, it's essentially <laughs> TJ's very unique worldview when it comes to fantasy i would say that yeah it certainly has his his bent for humor um 
and and just creating i would love to just be able to be in his brain while he comes up with this stuff because who would do a unicorn with no horn it's just you know. Well, yes, this book. Okay, this book has been out for a while, and it's beloved by uh, an awful lot of people. Uh, even I know about Gary the Unicorn. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've actually never even read a TJ book, as scandalous as that might sound. Um, is there? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a second book, a sequel to this? There's actually a second and a third. The third, okay, came out within the last few months. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I can see why people do this. And I promise I'll find a TJ book for him yeah. to read. <laughs> this one, probably not for you because you don't go down the fantasy path. Yeah. But there are ones that you would you would adore as much as I do. Okay, I cool. absolutely sure of it. Okay, next uh, we have a debut author. Um, we sort of learned about this book when we were at the uh, LA Times Festival of Books. Yes. Um, and it is getting a lot of buzz. Please tell us all about Running with Lions. Yeah, I can't... This book makes me so happy. I tried I tried to steal the arc they had at the Festival of Books because the cover is so gorgeous, which, of course, I don't have presenting to you at this moment, but uh, the cover is so gorgeous. Um, and for this to be from a debut author, I feel like this book a little bit reminds me of when I read uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which was Becky Albertalli's first book. It's like, mm. oh, my God, first book. Look what they produced. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing uh, with Running With Lions. Uh, this book features uh, high school senior Sebastian. He's going off to soccer camp for the summer to get ready for the season. Uh, he's a very he's very off kilter right now because he's going into his senior year. He doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life. Doesn't really know what he wants to do uh, with the future. So We're- a normal teenager. Pretty much a normal teenager, yes, because he's got that angst as he gets ready to go into college. Um, There's a possibility he's going to be captain for his soccer team, uh, which is giving him a little angst. Is he really captain material, if you will? Uh, He is hiding the fact that he's gay from his team, even though the team is very inclusive and the coach has made it clear that anybody who comes out at any time is perfectly okay. So he's got all this stuff kind of stirred up in him as he goes to camp. And camp for him has always been the place where he feels most at ease, too, because it's just it's soccer for like three weeks or whatever. Um, all of this kind of bubbles to a bigger head because when he gets there, he finds this, uh, he finds Amir, who used to be his best friend uh, before Amir moved away. And something happened that really broke their friendship pretty completely. And now Amir's here. He is essentially trying out for the team, but he he's he's one of those people who has the potential to be a great player, but he can't figure out how to harness it correctly. And because Sebastian wants to help everybody and to be their best, he ends up coaching Amir a lot. And these two fall into this very friends to to enemies headed towards lovers because they both have this draw on each other that they really don't want to act on but it's so pulley they just almost have to act on it um the more sebastian's with amir who doesn't get along with the team well because he doesn't really want to be there in the first place he's just trying to make his family happy uh the more his other teammates can't figure out what's going on with sebastian because why is he messing with this kid who clearly doesn't want to be part of the team uh there's just 
somehow Julian has taken all of these plot points and made them interconnect so well that it's just a. I flew through this book, and this was a book. A, 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 I had to read it on my tablet. It wasn't like a an audio that just kind of keeps going, and I couldn't. I had a hard time putting this book down. It kept me awake <laughs> because it's like I just want to read a few more pages, please. Um, so they obviously finish camp. They finish camp. They go back to school. The book actually ends shortly after they get back to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, most everything is kind of sorted before they leave camp, but the grand gesture that happens at the end of the book after the first game is so awesome. Cool. This is going to make, eventually, you could just see this making a really incredible film. Um, I think, I can't wait to see what Julian does next, the way that he binds all of these characters. He writes this from, it's third it's third uh, person point of view, but it's all Sebastian. Um, kind of looking at the story, but he takes all of the support characters and all they all have their moment, and you can easily see. And we'll talk about this in the interview that we'll have coming up. Potentially, uh, potential sequels that could happen with uh, some of the spinoff characters over time if he chooses to go that route. Uh, for me, this book is going to end up on my shelf alongside my way heroes like David Levithan and Bill Koenigsberg and Martin Wilson and of course Becky and Brett Hartinger, uh, because it's just that amazing. So, And that's why I'm giving one away, um, too, because somebody needs to experience this book who doesn't really know it exists until now. Running With Lions comes out on June 7th, so it's just a little bit later this week. Awesome. Yeah. Now, if you're interested in reading Lightning Struck Heart or Running With Lions, all you have to do is go to our show notes page. We have the links where you can buy those fantastic books. Uh, whenever you use the affiliate links on our show notes yes. page, we get a few pennies in return, uh, and that helps keep this podcast a going, uh, which we hope, if you're listening, uh, you would... Uh, Enjoy keeping this podcast going. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> now, another way that you can help keep us uh, online and on the air is, of course, to visit Patreon. We have our own Patreon page uh, where you can help support us each and every month for as little as a dollar a month. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash podcast. We have all of the information on how you can help support this show uh, among... Some of the bonusy things, you get some insight as to what's coming up on future episodes. Um, people who support us through Patreon also have the opportunity to ask questions of some of our upcoming guests. Mm-hmm. You also get a special bonus episode every single month. And the June bonus is coming up very soon. Um, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about or if you have any questions for the two of us, um, and you are a Patreon supporter, all you have to do is go to Patreon and uh, sign in on Ask Us Whatever You'd Like, and we will talk about it on our June bonus episode. Now, once again, uh, if this sounds interesting to you, all you have to do is go to Patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Want to hang out with us between shows? Check us out on Facebook. You never know what we might post. 
news about book sales, bonus video content, and maybe even a live broadcast or two. Like us today at facebook.com slash biggayfictionpodcast and see what we get up to next. So you just spoke about how much you loved running with lions. And not too long ago, you had the chance to sit down with this fantastic debut author and talk about this brand new book. I did. It was great to uh, get a few minutes with Julian. He is he is so like effervescent. I, it was awesome to find a debut author who just speaks so passionately about mm-hmm. what he wrote, why he wrote it. Um, and what he is is looking for towards his future. So, yeah, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him, and we're excited to have him here to talk about this first book. I'm excited today to welcome debut author Julian Winters to the podcast. Julian is a gay African-American author who lives on the outskirts of Atlanta. When he's not visiting his very entertaining nephews, he can be found reading, drinking tea, or gushing to the world about his love of comic books. His love for writing comes from an intense passion to empower LGBTQIAP plus readers, especially young adults, with the positive notion that happy endings do exist. His debut novel, Running With Lions, comes out this week on June 7th. Welcome, Julian. Hi. Hello out there, world. <laughs> Thanks for being with us to talk about this amazing book. Uh, shortly before, uh, right before this interview actually is in the show, I'll have reviewed it and kind of been like all ravey and fanboy over it because I really <laughs> loved it. Um, tell everybody in your words, uh, what is Running With Lions about? Uh, it's a it's a bit of a coming of age story. It's about a goalie named Sebastian. And he's entering into his senior year on his uh, high school soccer team. And he's really excited about the their season, but he's also really nervous about his future because all he knows is soccer and his friends. Outside of that, he has no plans for what to do after high school. So he's going into this season nervous, nervous about the role of being a leader uh, because he's so great on the field. And on the first day of their summer training camp, he finds out his ex-best friend has joined the team. And that kind of brings about a whole new set of uh, problems for him because their relationship is not in a great place. Uh, But it's an unknown reason why it's in that place. And so it's... The story is basically about him trying to come into his own while also mending uh, his friendship with his ex-best friend, Amir. And from there, you know, it's a little bit of romance, a little bit of a summertime good feel about it. Uh, but it kind of ends on what I love What I love about being able to write is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And you really kind of picked one of my, from a romance standpoint, one of my more favorite tropes, too, because enemies... To, to to lovers, but then you actually have that full circle of friends to enemies to lovers as you understand how their relationship broke and then, you know, heads towards reforming. Yeah, that's uh, that was uh, one, one of the great things about writing this for me was being able to do that, was taking it from a friendship standpoint, then hitting that really bad patch and then taking it to a whole nother level as I experienced that in myself in life. So being able to write about stuff like that is, uh, it's always fun, you know, to kind of step into that comfortable shoe and say, okay, I can do this. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, right. That's what everybody says. Exactly. (laughs) What inspired this tale? Um, I, a lot of things inspired it, but two main things inspired it for me. One, growing up um, as a queer teen, a lot of the books I had, 
they weren't happy books. There weren't a lot of happy books starring queer characters. There were some great books out there, but people that I could relate to, there there weren't a lot of them. And there weren't a lot where the main character was like me. I'm goofy. I'm clumsy. Uh, I'm terrible at flirting, you know, things like that weren't really paramount in the books that I read. So I wanted to have a book for this generation. I wanted people to be able to say, oh, that's me. I'm that goofy person. I'm that person who geeks out over things. But I'm also this person who has a tender soft side and I'm very dedicated to my friends. So that was one part. And then the other part was I've been watching this movement happening slowly but surely in the sports world where out athletes are accepted. There's no more jeers from the crowd. There's no more hard times from teammates and from rival teams. Though it's still not where I would love for it to be, I was watching this emergence happen. I said, why why don't we have more books like that? Why can't I say to queer athletes, you know, here you are, this is your representation and you can play sports and you can be great at and at the same time, you can be accepted for who you are, not for, you know, what your sexuality is, what your religion is, what your race is, but just that great athlete that you are on the field. That's what we love you for, you know. And so I really wanted a book that captured that, mm-hmm. that you know, so that teens can look out there and say, oh, I can be myself and yet I can still be accepted for the great person I am as a player. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love those kind of themes when they work into books, because you're, you're certainly right about the movement that's been happening out there. Mm-hmm. How did you decide that this would be your first book? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say it was all me. Like, oh, yes, I'm this creative genius. But it wasn't actually. Um, a friend of mine knew I was uh, struggling to I was losing my my spark for writing. You know, um, I had a lot of things going on outside of writing and I was kind of losing it. And she said, you know what, you should take this idea and turn it into a book and it would be great for young adults. And I said, no way. It's no way. No way. It's not really, it wasn't as formed as I wanted it to be. And she said, you can do it. You know, she's read some of my other writing. She said, you can do this. And so, um, thank goodness for her because she pushed, <laughs> pushed me and pushed me and said, you know, I will help you outline or whatever you need to do. And I don't know. Her faith in me kind of, you know, create this own little spark inside myself that I can do it. And trials and tribulations later, I was able to do it. So um, that's how it kind of got going. That's awesome. Thank you, Julian's friend, for for pushing him to this book. (laughs) (laughs) How long did it take? It took, oh, goodness. I think I started it. I I always say I think. I I know. I started it in November of 2015 is when I really started working on it and um, worked all through 2016 on it and struggled all throughout 2016 with it. Got a couple of beta readers going on it. And then 2017, early 2017, that's when I finally said, okay, this is it. Stop. Stop editing, stop rewriting, stop doing this and just, just submit it. Because after a while, you know, it's good to, to, to work and working on it, but after a while you, you've reworked it so much or you've put so much thought into it, you kind of lose the original, um, spark that it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's a point where it's overdone. Yeah. Uh, how, how would you say the books changed from those first 2015 drafts to where it is now? 
Oh gosh, it's dramatic. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. A, I would say it was a lot more dramatic than it is what than it is now. Uh, it was a. I won't say it was heavier, but there was just a lot more going on uh, back in 2015 versus the 2017 version. Um, and I just decided, you know, this is not me. You know, me, I'm, I'm lighthearted. I am funny. You know, I am sarcastic. And this is what this needs to be. It needs to be fun. And in, while ta tackling the serious issues that I want to tackle. So a lot of that changed. Um, and cleaned up a lot of unnecessary words, too. You know, it was, it was very wordy. The, the early version was... I think like 95,000 words. It was just way too wordy, you know, and I, I learned how to, to, to tell a story in simple form instead of just trying to, you know, describe every little bit, you know, from the shoelace to <laughs> what color the grass is today, you know, it just became unnecessary. So that, I think that's what changed most was I just cut out all the unnecessary stuff. That's the sign of good editing though, for sure. <laughs> but you, you do, between several topics, because you've got a, a, several plot lines that run through here, but you've also got a, a vastly diverse cast and a pretty huge cast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't have people wandering through for a single line somewhere and then not coming back. I'd say you probably have six or eight principal characters running around in here, and that's that's a lot for any book, but then you tackle this as your first yeah, 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 yeah. Silly me. Should have just went solo. <laughs> let's let's start with diverse cast. What did you do to make sure you kind of represented everyone appropriately? And and of course you've got you know Amir, so you've got a Muslim as like one of your major principal characters there too, and a Muslim teen who's also yeah. going through a lot. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, fortunate for me, I I grew up around very diverse friends and, you know, going to high school is very diverse. So um, that kind of made it natural for me to have this diverse cast. It wasn't something I had to, to really think through and say, okay, I have to make sure I represent this section and this section and this section. It was it's natural for me. But making sure they were represented accurately, um, a lot of, I, I made sure my beta readers were very diverse also. You know, I didn't have one set type of beta reader so that I could have eyes on everyone. And then as far as Amir, um, that was very, very cautious of me when I was writing that. I wanted to make sure he was represented as accurately as possible. So I went to friends of mine that are Muslim. I went to a sensitivity reader who was fantastic. Um, she's amazing at what she did she was so helpful she was so encouraging it was i never felt like i was being talked down to i felt like i was being talked to by a friend who was saying you know this is a great idea let's expand on this let's show more of this and it really helped me to to fully um develop amir as a person you know after a while it started i started to feel like okay he is he is just as important as Sebastian in here. You know, mm -hmm. his story needs to be told as well. He's not just a love interest. He is this story. So um, I was grateful to have that and, and having readers to come in and say, okay, you know, let's look at this and let's maybe alter this or great job here. This is exactly, you know, how it was for me. And you talked about, you know, you're growing up with you know, queer books that didn't end happy and, and not many books with queer characters. But now you've got 
this book where many, many other ethnicities will see themselves in this YA book, whether or not they're the main characters, because you did cast such a big net. Was that important to you to do to cast that kind of net? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was so huge to me. And it was so I don't want to you know give away spoilers or anything. But it was so huge to make certain characters queer because it needed to be seen that not just this, you know, set kind of person is going to be the main, you know, queer character. And that's it. It, it was so important for me to, you know, again, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but to have Amir in there as a gay Muslim. It was important for me to have Hunter in there as a black gay teen, you know, stuff like that. Uh, was really my focus in showing, hey, you know, we all grow up in different environments, but it doesn't mean that we are all different in certain ways. So that was really important for me. Mm -hmm. And I like how you handled all of the teen stuff because there's, you know, Sebastian is friend and Sebastian is maybe this person in this new relationship and mending his friendship. And Sebastian is maybe the teen captain and Sebastian as you know, just trying to be a player while sorting out his life. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think the book, and you can correct me here if I'm wrong, covers maybe eight weeks with camp yeah. and school. Yeah. And so much happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely I, I definitely thought about that um, because at first it, it wasn't, it, it was really even shorter than that. It was just, you know, like two weeks at camp. And then it was like, you know, a game and, and whatnot. And I, I thought to myself, well, no, I need to expand this. But at the same time, I I think this is for everyone. So much happens in your life within just the span of a week. You know, if you look at how much happens within two months, three months, it, it's a lot. And you, you wear a lot of different hats to make it through. And that's what I wanted to do with Sebastian is not just show him as just this one dimensional character, but the fact that he has to be the best friend, he has to be the ex friend, and he has to be the, the team goalie and possible captain. And he also has to be this guy who's trying to figure out his life. And um, I think that's for all of us. We, we, we may not notice, you know, in the now what we have going on, but in hindsight, we look back and say, wow, I, I was doing a lot at this time and I made it through. Mm -hmm. How did you pick soccer? Is soccer big for you or did you just pick soccer as, as the sport to do? Um, so it, it was a, interesting process with soccer. I There's two sports that I am great at keeping up with, and that is soccer and volleyball. Put me in any other sport and I couldn't tell you what was happening. You know, I couldn't name any kind of rules or anything, but those two I, I've loved. But soccer, I really want to go with because uh, it is a sport that I enjoy, but it's also something that my sister played. So I remember that was my first experience with going to like a high school sporting event, was going to watch my little sister play soccer. And my first experience, you know, with seeing a really out athlete in a difficult situation was watching when Robbie Rogers came out. And that was huge for me. That was, mm -hmm. it was just like, wow, I can't believe this, you know, in a sport where I've known, you know, there there's issues with homophobia and there's issues with, all kinds of things to see him come out was big. And that kind of started to spark inside of me. Like, what if this happened on, you know, a smaller level? What if this happened in high school? How important is that to be able to be out and open in your teens versus waiting until, you know, your late twenties or thirties to be accepted by the world. So that's, that's the other thing that kind of fueled me picking soccer it was like, okay, this is, this is something I want to see happen for a younger generation. Mm -hmm. 
you went with third person present tense, yeah. which I don't come across a lot. Mm-hmm. What sent you down that path instead of a more traditional uh, third person past or even first person past since the whole book is in Sebastian's point of view? Um, I don't know what is about third person I'm, I was just so comfortable doing. Uh, I think for the first book, it was uh, important for me to do third person because I didn't want to get so into Sebastian's head that I started to really mess up the story I wanted to tell. And I, I felt more comfortable being able to do it from third person. And then also, like you said, this is huge cast. And I wanted to be able to, to, to show them in a certain way. And third person gave me that ability. While with first person, I, did, I don't know if it would have gave me that because it's really just from Sebastian's point of view strictly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to be able to, to really show Amir in any scene that I wanted to show him in without being completely from Sebastian's view and, and whatnot. So that worked for me. And I'm always, I've always been, you know, the present tense kind of person. I, okay. I, don't, okay. I, I struggle so hard writing past tense, really bad. Um, even when I was writing papers in school and stuff, it was really hard for me. Um, so that's always going to be probably my comfort zone. But whether it's first person or third, I think I, I'm learning to, to, to manage and juggle that a little better. Okay, that's cool. Okay. With this being your first book, what was the most surprising part of getting this book into the world? The response. Definitely. It is, I am daily overwhelmed by the response. I wasn't expecting it at all. I thought, okay, I'm going to write this nice little cute summer romance, this, this nice coming of age story, and a couple of people are going to read it. I was, I was happy with that. My goal was to reach a handful of LGBTQ teens and say, this is for you. But the response has been overwhelming, you know, in such a, a positive way. Um, and to see the impact, you know, that it's having and it's not even out yet. So that's been the most surprising part because I was prepared just to be this little, this little, you know, first book and, you know, just kind of carry on and maybe go on to a second book kind of thing. But to see, you know, what it's doing and um, hoping the places that'll go, uh, it's been really major for me. Which is so awesome to hear um, for such a good book and a first book, you mm-hmm. know, kind of all at the same time. Um, yeah. And especially one like this. I just can't emphasize that enough. And I love that you put it as a summer. It's a good summer read because that's exactly right. It's coming out at a great time for yeah, people to go yeah. off on their summer breaks and read this book. Yeah, it, it, it um, the the timing is perfect uh, for it and the feel of it. The only regret I have about the timing is now I can't go to high school visits and say, hey, guys, let's talk about the book because, oh, you're on summer break. But, yeah, I, I love that it's coming out during summer because, I mean, the teens need that over the, you know, over their summer break and young adults need that in between going from high school to college. It's just something good to pass the time and like, Oh, okay, this is, you know, I can take my next step now. And I think you'll have plenty of high school visits to do in the fall. Yeah. I, I, I would love that. That is, that is definitely been my goal is being able to do high school visits and like go to libraries because those were such important times for me. Um, being able to do that and give back in any way I can and just talk to people, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked a little bit about everything you built into this book. As you were working on it, were you more of the plotter, kind of outliner type of writer to know how to get from point A to point B? Or was it more like write it all and sort it out all in the editing? Yeah, 
<laughs> Definitely the latter. Um, uh, I am, well, I am now a, a serious outliner, but I guess I learned that from trying to do this first book because that's what took so long is because I didn't have a solid outline. And for me, uh, there was a lot of, oh my gosh, I just had this dream. I've got it included into the book and trying to find a place to put it in there and writing a whole nother scene kind of thing um, didn't work. But I, I definitely thoroughly enjoy that also because it gave me so many words to kind of pick and choose what I want to do and where I wanted to go with it. So um, I'm learning my lessons as a, as a writer and, and, you know, who I am as a writer. Uh, I, I definitely think I'm a little bit more of an outliner, but I'm not a, I'm not a you know, hardcore outliner. I'm just, I like to write little steps, little, you know, little benchmarks for where I want to get to and, and how I want to move uh, a, a plot idea. Sure. You got to leave room for those dreams that you have in the middle of the night to get in yes. there. I, I don't know how people are able to wake up in the middle of the night and write because it's such a struggle for me. But I know when I wake up in the morning or whenever I wake up, it's like I have no cards spread across the room <laughs> with just with just little small ideas or one sentence here and there. And then it's trying to piece it all together is the fun part, I think, for me, because it's like, OK, where does this work kind of thing? It's almost like solving this mystery and trying to put all the clues together. What was your writing like before you got into this book you'd mentioned your friend who'd read other stuff of yours uh yeah i was i was i was fan fiction you know i was fandom uh for okay. quite a quite a while um and not like one particular one i i like to jump all over the place <laughs> you know um just for the experience and just to be able to write different characters um so that was that was life for me but um it wasn't something i i took it seriously but it was more like a fun get it get my mind outside of work like mm -hmm. the day job okay. stuff. Um, so that's what it was for me. And it wasn't until people kept saying you need to, you know, become a book writer that, you know, I ever gave it the serious attention that I do give it now. What were your favorite fandoms to write in? Ah, favorite fandoms to write in. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't want to show my age too much. <laughs> um, but... Um, I loved the cartoon Thundercats growing up. Um, yes, I'm, I'm definitely showing my age. Uh, but I love the cartoon Thundercats. I love, being, I love doing stuff like that. Like cartoons, I think, are great. They're wonderful, but they're also very limited in their storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my first exposure to saying, okay, I could really develop this into something serious kind of thing. And then um, I was in the One Direction fandom for a while. Okay. And that was a fun experience for me it was and that's certainly uh, a huge one too huge 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 I, uh, I you know I felt it probably it may have been too big for me kind of thing um, you know because yeah they that's a huge huge fandom and they are they are hardcore um, but I had so much fun I, I developed so many friends in there and I think in a time when I needed it it was there for me and I don't know. I feel like it, it, it healed a lot of old wounds being able to write in that fandom because I was able to take storylines in all kinds of places. So, yeah. Nice. That's cool. And you mentioned, of course, comic books we had in your in the intro. Um, what are your yeah. what are your what are your comic books that you're into in the moment? Um, at the moment. Gosh, you would hit me with this question because I, <laughs> I, uh, I grew up as a Marvel fan. I was. Listen, you couldn't tell me anything but Marvel. Um, but recently, I, I, I'm so I'm so much a DC person kind of right now. And that's only because I, I love Nightwing. I love Nightwing. You can give me any comic with Nightwing in it, and I will read 
Nightwing, and I love I love the Bat Family. Um, there's you know some characters I could live without, but I love the Bat Family. But I I will always be a Marvel fan. You know anything X Men related, anything Avengers related, I will always be. Um, yeah, I definitely, and, and I mean like all the X Men titles, all of them. I I was from X Men to X Factor to X Force. I, I was reading Gambit. I was reading, you know, Nightcrawler, whatever. So uh, that's always going to be at the heart. But right now, I'm definitely, you know, anything Nightwing, I'm there. So what authors actually inspire you? Oh, gosh. How much time do we have? Uh, uh, I could give you, like, <laughs> five or ten minutes if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I, when I say I am all over the place, I am all over the place. I think I have this thing where I cannot read the same kind of book back to back to back. I have to try all different things. Um, so for me, inspiration, uh, Benjamin Sines. I love Aristotle and Dante Discover Secrets of the Universe. That book, I think I read a page or a chapter a day. You know, it's so amazing and such a great book about friendship and, and coming of age. So he's very inspirational for me. I wish I was, you know, on his level. Um, a couple of others that I love. I love Simon James Green. He wrote this uh, book called Noah Can't Even um, from the UK. Hilarious. Hilarious stuff. Uh, so I love him. Uh, I'm definitely inspired by C.B. Lee. She's, she's just an amazing, talented writer who really knows her characters. Um it's so an author by the name of S.J. Gosley. She wrote a YA book called Whatever. Uh, hilarious book. I think Mike Tate, the main character in that book, was probably me at some point during my teen years. Uh, he was great. Um, but I'm really getting into a lot of different people now. Uh, I just started reading Emily XR Pan um, and her book, The Astonishing Color of After. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I Her prose is just ridiculous <laughs> um, it is but the biggest writer for me that inspiration wise is is definitely becky Avertop. and that's coming from not just her writing style I, I love it i love laughing at it i love crying at it it's great <laughs> but as a person I, I truly truly enjoy her and that's kind of what started our um our friendship was me just sending her an email and saying i love who you are as a person because she's so open. She's so friendly. She takes the time to respond to every single reader. And I don't know how she does it, but you know, that is the kind of person I, I you know, always want to be is that person who's always going to be open and always wanted to respond to each person. You know, I want to take the time to make you sure you understand that you're important because mm -hmm. I think those kind of relationships really help us as people, you know, mm -hmm. we can't mm -hmm. ignore any one person and say they're any lesser than this person over here. And so I love that about her. And so that for me is inspirational is that not only can you be a talented writer, you can be a funny person, but you can be a genuinely honest and open person. So she's probably my biggest influence. That's an amazing okay. list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have kept going, but I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to keep going because it's just not necessary. But yeah. I, I, there's a lot of great authors out there, and I think the more praise, the better. Mm -hmm. What's coming up next for you? I am in the throes of writing a, another YA novel. Um, it's going to be an own voices novel. It's going to have 
an openly gay black teen as the main character. And I'm not going to give away anything, um, you know, because I don't want to spoil anything until it's all, at least the first draft is done. Sure. But it's definitely, definitely a lot of it is my story um, about how I was in high school, um, the things I experienced, the different things with culture that I experienced. um, And, you know, he's just, He's just this guy trying to, to to find himself, and I think that's definitely who I was in high school. I I knew who I was, but I didn't know who I was fully, and that's that's the story that I want to tell. But it's also, you know, I will never stray away from writing a, a a romantic comedy. I'll never stray away from you know making it funny and making the main character either clumsy or this giant nerd because that's just who I am, and um, I think it's important to see that in characters is just to see that, hey, they're just this regular old person, you know? Their their experience may be grand or maybe big, but they're also gonna trip over their own feet. And so that's, <laughs> that's definitely what I, I wanna make sure that he at least falls three times in the book. At least I know that much. Yeah, the characters aren't very interesting if they don't fail somehow, even if it is exactly. just a trip over the foot. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, that big moment where they think, oh my gosh, it's about to happen, and then they just, you know, totally screw things up. That's, that's it's important. <laughs> What, any idea at this point when that might come out? Um, you know, I'm going to, as soon as I'm done with all the stuff of Running With Lions, I'm going to go hardcore on trying to write this. And I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that I maybe could come out next year, maybe late next year. Kind of, it's, it's, it's written, set in like the fall. So maybe I can coincide and make that happen that it comes out fall of next year. But no set particulars yet. All right, fair enough. Do you think YA is always going to be your thing, or do you have mm-hmm. plans to branch? Um, I don't know if YA will always be my thing. It's always going to be, you know, the heart and soul of me, because, you know, I'm always going to reflect on my, my teen years and my childhood and say, I wish I would have had this to help mm-hmm. me along. So I think I'm always going to want to write those stories. But I, I have another another book that I have in the pipeline that's it's new adult. Um it, it kind of it follows some of the themes that I, I write into YA, but just from you know a little bit of an older, you know, character. That's all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think I'd love to branch out, but I don't know how far I'd branch out because I'd always want to reach, you know, a certain kind of crowd. Sure. Any chances of a of a lion sequel somewhere in the future? You know, it's crossed my mind. Um, when I wrote the book, I said, no, this is this is a standalone. I am not a series kind of person. I, I am terrible as a series writer. Um, but I would love to explore their first year of college. You know, um, I'd love to, to revisit these characters. They, they've become such a part of me now. Um, I'd love to I'd love to show more of a mirror story. I really, really would. So if I did do a Lion sequel, I think I would, you know, try to, to to do it either from his perspective or have a lot more focus on you know the things that he's he's going through as a person yeah i mean as a fanboy i would either i would love to see more of a mirror but there's also you know the supporting characters like uh mason or hunter that would that i would love yeah. to read their story See what's oh going yeah, on there. I would. I would. I, a Mason story. I think I could do. I could do that in a heartbeat because he's definitely. That's me all the way. Mason is me all the way. I could. I could definitely write a nice little sarcastic, uh, you know, funny book starring him. But I'd also love to explore his family life. Um, and I think if I did do a sequel, I would. I would inc- incorporate Gray a lot more. Also, I think she was a fun character yeah. for me. 
her and um, there's another character in the book named Gio, who uh, readers get a glimpse of, but I think you know he was he was kind of begging to, to kind of break out. So you know, I think I I would probably explore all the minor characters. It would be a book you know where Sebastian would be you know the minor character, and everybody else would have their own little storyline. You yeah. know, yeah. and you know show more of them. Yeah, well, that, I'll keep my fingers crossed for all of that. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll have some talks with my publisher and see how that goes. So what's the best way for people to keep up with you online so they can follow along with your, your writing and what's next and all that? Uh, the best way, uh, I'm very active on Twitter, uh, something I never thought I would say like two years ago, but I'm very active on Twitter. You can uh, find me at Julian W underscore writes on Twitter. Uh I try to be as active as possible on Instagram. Uh, it's Winters Julian on Instagram. So people can definitely follow me there. I still have my Tumblr up, uh, Julian Winters on Tumblr. So they can probably find me there. But if you really want to reach me, it's probably going to be Twitter and then Instagram. All right. We'll link to that and, of course, links to the book and the authors that you mentioned in our show notes so people can find you. Uh, Julian, thanks so much for being with us. We wish you all the success with this amazing book. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I, I really appreciate it. Fantastic interview. Thank you, sir. <laughs> now, if you are interested in getting your very own copy of Running With Lions, Jeff, how can they do that? All you have to do is send an email to giveaway at biggayfictionpodcast.com. Put the word lions in the subject. You don't even have to say anything at the body of the message if you want. Uh, put that into us by the 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday, June 10th. And then on Monday, June 11th, I will be picking a winner to get one ebook copy delivered through Amazon. So only, only people who are doing Kindle can take advantage of this. Uh, but there you go. Hope to see a lot of emails in there so that somebody gets this awesome book. Mm -hmm. I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Coming up next week in episode 140, Charlie David is back, and he's going to talk to us about his new TV series, Shadowlands. Yes. I enjoyed that. I think I reviewed that. I think I reviewed that just last week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it was great to talk to Charlie about how he uh, brought his... Uh, written anthology shadowlands to the big well not the big screen but the tv screen <laughs> <laughs> yeah so looking forward to that uh keep tuning in all through the month of june got lots of great pride stuff planned absolutely okay guys remember no matter where life takes you the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book until next time everyone please keep turning those pages and keep reading for detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.